0: Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome back to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today it's how to do the work, um, which is a very nuanced and complex topic. So I'll do my best to simplify that in the coming minutes. Uh, I think there's actually Nicole Piera, is that her name? the holistic psychologist on um, the old Instagram. I think she has a book called How to Do the Work. This isn't in reference to that book. I'm not sure what she's referencing specifically and I will not pretend to know, Um, although I don't mind some of her work. Um, It's uh, useful and I mean like she just uses a medium such as Instagram which is hard to get to complex subjects Um, and which is interesting because a lot of the time people can get criticized for the content that they're putting on Instagram. Although Instagram, the, the type of content and delivery is literally meant to be insightful. So if you could imagine four levels of learning something, right? Insight, instruct, uh, install, and integrate. Insight, instruct, install, integrate. Instagram, funny enough, Insta, is, is all insight. It should be insight. There might be slight little instructions with some things, but it's just insights. It's, it's not a learning platform. And so it's not a platform where you can get really, really in-depth content and knowledge. That's not what people go to it for. Um, So, yeah, people get criticized, can get criticized for not providing context or depth to what they're suggesting as well. But it's, it's both, inverted commas, dangerous and useful at the same time. So, what do you know? Just like everything else. Whereas things like YouTube with longer form discussion or... Obviously, podcasts or online courses, things of that nature, which usually people have to have a greater investment in, right? Either time or money, they have to have a greater investment in, which they, which people can commonly fall short in doing, but they're happy to give the criticism. Now, clearly, I'm generalising, yet that is a theme that can be seen uh, across the different platforms. So, how to do the work is an interesting concept when the going gets tough and the tough get going most people will double down on what they know they double down on their strengths another word for strength could be a driver or another word for strength could be a bias but either way what they're good at how they know to solve problems they will double down on what's worked for them in the past and that's commonly a strength of theirs but what's important to know is that there's work and then there's the work there's work And then there's the work and the work is different for every single person within reason there's usually some consistencies between a couple of different individuals but the 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 delivery of the the offer for what work will always be somewhat individualized even though there's similarities sounds like most other trainings hey pretty funny so I'll share a story I had a client this is going back probably about 11 years ago now even a little bit longer and very proud Serbian man And yes, a diligent worker Great work ethic and Comes from a family that had fantastic work ethic And he, um, he was keen to train twice a day He wanted to smash himself in the gym Give himself the best opportunity to be as fit and as strong And um, as powerful as he possibly could be And he said to me uh, And I w- would have been 23 at the time He was a bit older than I was Still is and um he said to me I'm I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to come in here, you know, you tell me what to do and I'll fucking smash it. I'll I'll, you know, put as much effort in as I possibly can because I'm I'm not afraid of hard work. I just couldn't be bothered in getting in the kitchen. It's just deal with the food side of things. It's just not interested in that. It really is that work there that I find uninteresting, but I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to do the hard yards, getting here at five, five AM in the morning and get going and so forth. I pause in reflection to his response or his information that he wanted to share with me. And I simply said, It sounds to me like you are afraid of hard work. Very proud Serbian man. He's like, mate, I told you I'm I'll be in here twice a day for two hours a day. No worries, no problems. I'm not afraid of hard work. And I'm like that's not hard work to you. That's, that's your standard. That's just work. That's standard. Hard work for you is getting in the kitchen. That's where your hard work is. And it sounds to me like you're afraid of that. And afraid may not have been the right word, but it stopped him in his tracks and he re- could sort of reframe how he was actually seeing work. To him, work was rolling up the sleeves and getting shit done. And he didn't do that in the kitchen. Maybe it was a cultural thing, something along those na- along that nature. But either way, there's work and then there's the work. And so his potential wasn't in doubling down on his strengths. His potential was finding a solution to the area where he was avoiding. Which brings to another quote, which I'm going to be hearing. Is it Chris Williamson? He's sort of just popped his head up on the good old podcast circuit recently. Um modern wisdom I think is his and he a video when I did the rounds of him quoting and I can't remember who he was quoting but he simply said the magic you are looking for is in the work you are avoiding that is the same thing as my message there's work and then there's the work the magic you are looking for is in the work that you are avoiding if you go back there's an older par- um, parable which simply says in pursuit of the holy grail where should I enter the forest And the answer to that question is at the part that seems most darkest to you. And I'm pretty certain that's a Joseph Campbell reference or at least his quote. But where should I enter the forest in order to seek my holy grail? And the answer is at the part that seems darkest to you is where you should enter the forest. Your work is going to be unique and different to you. And for the next person. So how do we actually define what our work is? Well, there's four main areas. And I, I talk to these areas time and time and time again. It's the quadrants, it's Ken Wilber's work, but it's profound and exceptionally useful. And those four areas line up with first, second, third, fourth-person perspective. And another way to think of that is um, first-person perspective is subjectivity. So it's the mind, thoughts, feelings, emotions, truthfulness. And sometimes people mistake this as the truth, which it isn't. It is simply truthfulness or sincerity. Um, Then there is second-person perspective, which is culture, community, support, shared language, shared values, shared meaning. Um, The phenomenon that is subjective and collective, yet still true is ethics, actually, funny enough. It's how we ethically treat each other, right? So this space here is actually known as second person and these become very important for a whole variety of reasons but then there's third person perspective which is actually quite objective. This is factual, this is the physical body, this is um, habits, behaviors, traits, things that are measurable that we can actually see and define and measure. And so that becomes very important because... Our ability to hold equal value to what is subjectivity or subjective in nature and objective in nature is really, really powerful. The difficulty is that we're living in a time where a lot of people will attempt to hold such high value on objectivity in the face of subjectivity, not realizing that the value that they're actually holding on objectivity is subjective. It's an interesting conundrum. So, then you have fourth person perspective, which is systems, the environment, um, plans, processes, procedures, things of that nature. So, commonly, people will have a strength in one of these areas. And this is what I mean when I say people will double down on their strengths. So, if somebody's really good at objective fact, getting things done, that's the third quadrant, then In relationships, sometimes they're trying to do, they're trying to do the work of a relationship rather than actually stopping and actually asking questions of the other person and just shutting the fuck up and listening. So they may struggle with second person and so in their mind, their solution is to try and do more things for them as if they go, that's what I would want done for me, so I'll just do that rather than actually checking in with the other person being like, what's the best way for me to support you? and then shutting up, listening for the answer, and actually going through and following through on that, that would be someone expanding their potential and developing an area where they may otherwise not hold a strength. That's a small example of how doubling down on your strengths fundamentally um, bottleneck your ability and your potential and probably what you're trying to actually move towards, funnily enough, which might be, in this case, if you're trying to do your relationship, then still a greater connection and, and greater closeness of your relationship so i'm going to ask you a question and there's going to be four four or multiple choice four answers and i want you to think about which one you relate to the most now this this is actually a little quiz it's part of a little quiz the coaching room is where i got this quiz from it's called a native perspective test Uh, i'm asking you one there is eight questions normally and it usually will give an indication of what someone's driver may be One question commonly won't do that, but it's simply just a small example of what you may lean into, whether that's a driver in subjectivity, first person perspective, intersubjectivity or culture, community, second person, a we space, or objectivity, third person, um, physical body, behaviors, traits, or fourth person systems, procedures, the environment, so forth. So here's a question. Scenario 1. I'm experiencing challenging financial times and want to make more money. Do I A. Talk to successful friends and colleagues about it and get advice from them? B. Determine how much money I need to make, consider my work experience, explore market opportunities, and come up with a plan? C. Write down a list of things I could possibly do to make money? Or D. Consider the types of things that I'm passionate about and think about how I could make money doing them. Read through it again. Scenario one, experiencing. I'm experiencing challenging financial times and want to make more money. Do I A, talk to successful friends and colleagues about it and get advice from them? Determine how, Or B, determine how much money I need to make. Consider my work experience. Explore market opportunities and come up with a plan. C, write down a list of things that I could possibly do to make money. Or D, consider the types of things that I'm passionate about and think about how I could make money doing them. Right, which one do you align with the most? A, B, C, or D? A, talking with friends. B, determine how much money they need to make. Consider work experience and market opportunities. Come up with a plan. C, write down a list of things that they can do. Or D, consider the types of things that they're personally passionate about and think about how to make money doing them. Right, so given the little overview that I gave of the quadrants, let's have a look at this. If you answered A, then the chance is that maybe you lean into second person. Let me explain why. I'll talk to successful friends straight away. There is a collective and sharing. I'll talk to successful friends and colleagues about it to get advice from them. I'm reaching out to other people, that's a second person collective idea. They're not going in. They're not looking at it objectively. They've gone out to a second person. Response B, I would determine how much money I need to make. Coming up with a plan. Consider my work experience. That's previous experience. Explore market opportunities. Exploring market opportunities is a collective out there. It is a collective objective. And come up with a plan, procedure. Right? That's a fourth quadrant. So if response B was your answer, then maybe you lean into more of a fourth quadrant. And then response C, I would write down a list of things that I could possibly do to make money. The answer there is in the doing, right? Doing is all third quadrant. This is about energy. This is energetics. This is moving. This is let's get things done. This is what's the behaviors? What's the objective? I would write down a list of things, a little bit fourth quadrant, but that I could possibly do to make money. There's your third quadrant. And then response D, I would consider the types of things that I'm passionate about and think about how I could make money doing them. That is a first-person response, right? What am I passionate about? And then think about how I can make money doing them. So this is a quick way that you can see a simple question can expose the way that people may lean into how they solve problems. First, second, third, fourth. Now, you can do all of these things. They're actually all beneficial, neither necessarily one more than the other. The thing about this is going... Where is your work? Your work is likely to be in the one that you related to the least. Your work is likely to be in the one that you related to the least. And because of that, it means that in other areas of your life, you may also lack the capacity to lean into your first or second or third or fourth quadrant, which means that once again, you're missing a perspective we all are That's. there's nothing bad about that it means that there's more potential in you means there's more capacity into you and that's what we want to tap into so we can develop a greater perspective and start to have values rather than values have us it's an exceptionally important factor that we want to make sure we're considering so here's a way to go about it is based on which response you related to the least go find a coach, a resource, a mentor, a training Whatever the case might be in that skill set, somebody that's really good at relationships or somebody that's really good at helping you understand why you do what you do, the meaning making, somebody that's going to hold you accountable, somebody that's going to teach you the systems and the frameworks for how to uh, go into a marketplace. Find a coach, a resource, or a training in that area and develop that. Now, to begin with, you're going to be codependent. You're going to be codependent on the teacher, whoever the teacher is. But over time, and especially if they're a good teacher, especially with education and love, which really is education and space, you will develop to become dependent, independent, and interdependent in that space. And in doing so, we start to broaden our skill set and start to really allow ourselves to, to lean right into our potential by developing what we're missing. And funnily enough, we can fundamentally double down on our strengths in doing so. And so the capacity here is... You have to be willing to be a beginner again, and it's okay. As an adult, it is okay to be a beginner at something that you haven't put a lot of attention into it because you've become a master in something else, but becoming a master in one particular thing has left you not a master of your own life. It's kept you codependent in certain ways, and that's okay, but now you know, so now it's time to do something about it. And on that note, team, I'm done. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and you found it useful, it means the world to me. If you pass it on to someone else that you think would also find it useful. If you want to find out about any of the programs and courses we run or the upcoming retreats and trainings, you can find out more at peakandflow.com.au. But until then, that's me done. I'm out. Peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.